0: welcome to the hidden why podcast episode 1022 my interview with mickey willis discussing his book plandemic enjoy mickey welcome to the hidden why
1: podcast great to have you here today thank you so much good to be here
0: really looking forward to this conversation mickey you've got um documentary a uh, book out as well now uh plandemic um, a lot of our listeners may have heard of it and many others may not have so looking forward to jumping into this conversation and Really, to begin, Mickey, I'd love to hear your background story of how you got into your current work.
1: Well, I've been in film and entertainment for over 30 years yeah. and directed my first movie in the late 90s. And by the time it was finished, I was negotiating distribution deal, which led me to uh, New York um, to, to um, negotiate this um, release of the movie. And... Just so happens that uh, while I was there, the World Trade Center was attacked, and I ended up doing search and rescue and body recovery for three days and It was a life changing experience that had me um, unable to continue to do the work that I was doing in Hollywood.
0: so not doing film but actually helping out on ground level
1: Oh uh, yeah, I was just there helping out, just digging for survivors and and um, and it, you know as as you can imagine, you know, we saw horrific things and the fragility of the human body and and uh, the material world. And, and it was just one of those snap to grid moments for me that had me realize that everything that I was in service to in Hollywood uh, was doing nothing positive for mankind or for the, or my future or for my children's future, which at the time I wasn't a dad, but I, I, I knew I wanted to be. And so I had to begin to contemplate what kind of legacy I wanted to leave behind. And it was clear that everything that I had produced up until that point, I asked myself a very pertinent question, which was, out of everything I've created, and I had a successful career, Mm. what would I be most proud to share with my children when I have children? And it was kind of a a, a startling revelation for me because I I couldn't really think of anything. There were moments that I would show that were like cool moments and stuff I was proud of as a cinematographer or whatever it might be, but message-wise... I thought, you know, most of the stuff I'd say, I would probably wouldn't want my kids to see this. And so, you know, just all of a sudden, the selling products that were bad for our people and for our planet and degrading women and music videos and all the stuff that was just kind of part of the expected work as a, as a creative in Hollywood that everyone just kind of surrenders to and doesn't question because everyone's searching for the next gig. Um, so you just, you, you stop, you stop, choosing based upon is this something that i want to say in the world and you just choose based upon is this going to advance my career it's going to put food on my table and and i just realized that that kind of behavior uh was it just i just couldn't participate in it any longer so right. i left hollywood and um fell in love with uh, my now wife and had children and started a career that i could i could um you know fill proud to share with my children, which I do now. I'm very proud of the work that's being done and that my, my children are are highly involved in my life and yeah, and um, and um, I, I share everything with them and I'm proud to do so.
0: It's going to be a hard decision to make um, and I, I assume there's a lot of people in the world that um, have that battle, you know, it's like a you know, moral battle of of what you're doing. Um, is it aligned with what is actually beneficial not only to you but to the world and to the public? Is it a, is it a positive fulfilling role that you're undertaking
1: well you know on that note I I would say the vast majority of people alive on this planet are experiencing that right now and I think Mm -hmm. that's one of the many things that we're Mm -hmm. waking up to here in this great awakening is to really evaluate the way that we have been uh, led to become maintenance workers and what I mean by that is everything's about maintaining you know let's just maintain our house maintain our bills maintain our life and and instead of really creating and there's a vast difference uh, through um propaganda we have been led to see ourselves as consumers and that's even what we're called openly as consumers used to be you know one day if you pay attention to the progression of our terminologies you'll understand Uh, where things are headed so uh, two examples of that is you know we were maybe called shoppers or, or you know one day you know back in the you know christmas shoppers and now it's consumers and the difference between a consumer and a creator is is one's one is doing just that consuming and the other one is producing is creating is and um and so you know the when we when we take a look at that the way that we're uh, the other example would be you know the way that celebrities or stars were we, that's how we used to refer to them and now they're influencers and that's more true of how they're seen by the people that are running the show is is they're influencers they use them to influence what do they mean by influencers well they mm. mean to manipulate the thought and the behavior of the rest of society um, and the reason they call us consumers is because we, they want to wire us into this consumption mode where we just devour our planet and we create all the problems that then they can pretend to be um, uh, in service to solving. And so we continue to vote for them because we're just these lowly consumers uh, destroying our planet and our lives when we're actually meant to be creators. And so that I appreciate your comment because it's this is the time that we, Come back into kind of rehumanizing and remembering why we came here and who we are and what we are, mm. and that um, we had we all had dreams as as children, um, and we somewhere along the line had by design uh, abandoned those dreams, abandoned those purposes of why we chose to come here to experience this moment right now, this very uh, precarious, challenging, but also um, incredible moment to be yeah. alive. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think um, a lot of people in life have this, these moments in their maybe late 20s and early 30s, I don't know what age you were, when you sort of had that moment where you thought, you know what, I want to do something fulfilling, something purposeful, something that's creating, something that's giving back so I can leave this world maybe in a better state that I found it. And maybe people have that feeling but then how to escape that when you're locked into a system, like you said, that is about consuming and maintaining you know, we've got families to support, we've got houses to maintain, we've got, you know, the next thing to chase. Um, and we want to keep doing that, because we feel like if we can keep working hard and have that next bigger thing, we're going to be above our neighbor, you know, so to break free of that model is is quite a challenge, wouldn't you think?
1: That's right. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's, it's, the, it's the thing that empowers us to do our, our biggest work on the planet, literally, we have to Come back into our purpose and understanding that uh, nobody comes here to just survive. You know, there's this is the system is actually, on all of nature is designed to have us thriving in all ways. There, our planet provides every bit of nutrient and food and everything that we need. Um, yet man have, has jumped into that and have distracted us and disrupted the natural flow of our evolutionary process. Um, by trying to synthesize everything and digitize everything and make it something other than our, our organic, uh, natural resources that are provided right there for us. I mean, it's it's astounding to me that we have lost touch with you know our just consider our food and this is this can be traced back. If anyone has seen Plandemic Two indoctrination, we go through the birth of Big Pharma and how Johnny. What is that? What's that? What was that? Uh, and Plandemic Indoctrination, or pandemic yep. 2, which is on uh, pandemicseries.com, all, all of our movies are on there for free for the people. Um, but w- we spell out the, the birth of Big Pharma, and we show that John D. Rockefeller came into a system that was very organic and very healthy, that was really about health care and wellness. And as the owner of all of the oil in the United States, one of the, you know, America's first billionaire he was. Um, decided to when it was discovered that you could create medicines out of petroleum he wanted to corner the market and created what a lot of people know in the west as rockefeller medicine and that was to demonize anything holistic or organic to create the synthetic opioids these drugs these these pharmaceutical drugs yeah. and to get the whole world addicted and dependent upon them and there began the, the this this concerted effort to divide us from our nature but when you just look at the, the, the way that it's almost as if Mother Nature knew that we were going to face this in this age and it's, it's almost laughable to, to see how evident she made it for us to, that that if you crack open a walnut there's, it looks like a mini brain and there's two hemispheres and that's brain food. And if you you know a, a bell pepper has four chambers and looks like a heart and it's heart food. and avocados uh, looks like a womb with the seed in the middle and it's for the cervix for the, for the womb. That um, you crack open a carrot and you look at it, it, it looks like the iris of an eye and it's, it's for your eyes. And they're all in primary colors too. So it's almost like uh. you know, to the children, here's the food I've given for you and to you for your health to help you be healthy and to evolve. And yet we have, um, you know, we've managed to even process that food in, into an un- unhealthy state. And mm. so uh, the, the real goal for us is to return to our nature and to nature itself. As far as, in my opinion,
0: do you? I mean, you talked about the Great Awakening. Um, do you see that happening right now? Do you, on, on a smaller scale, is it just at the infancy of it? Or where do you, what, what is this Great Awakening?
1: Well, it's on a massive scale right now. It's, um, you know, the, the, the unintended consequence of, of COVID and the, all of the agenda to divide us and to control us and to have us surrender our civil liberties because we're scared enough to do so. Um, it's a testament to how, how out of touch the leaders of that agenda are with the rest of humanity. The fact that they have pushed so hard and so clearly um, have failed in, in, in so many ways that even those who are ardent supporters of vaccinations are saying enough, like this is enough. I've, I, I, I did what you said, I got two shots and three and now you're saying one booster, four boosters, whatever it is, two masks. I'm still not free, I'm still getting sick something is wrong. And, and so unfortunately people have had to suffer to allow that to come to fruition here, the, to wake the rest of us up. Um, but it, it, is, it, it, it is happening, it is, it is happening. The people are waking up, it is the great awakening right now. They're starting to, um, trust is a very, very uh, a critical human resource uh, and we've lost it in all directions. We've lost it for our political leadership, our medical leadership our educational uh, systems all of it and while that's a um a dangerous place to be in with having no trust in our system it's also an incredible opportunity because then it begs the question internally for all of us Hmm. well then who's leading the show and most people are arriving at the answer that no one's coming to rescue us and we can't trust any of them so it's us and that's a very powerful incredible place for us to evolve to is realizing that that um that we are in many ways to blame for what's happening right now because we've enabled it. We've, we've allowed it to happen through the years. We've slept through it. We've been, you know, more focused on game of Thrones and televised sports and with, you know, no DLC. idea who, who's running our local politics. Yeah. And, um, and now we're going, Whoa, okay. Now I understand what happened to my child. I've talking to so many parents weekly who are saying, You know, like, I don't know what happened to my baby. You know, she's 13 years old and she's cutting herself. She doesn't know what gender she is. She says her parents are fascist and America is built on race and hate. And, and she, she wants to die. And it's like, she was completely fine two years ago. And so that's a, that's a real issue. And That's happening everywhere right now. And so a lot of parents are waking up to like, yeah, well, I'll ask them. I'll say, well, when you dropped your enrolled, your child in school, did you go to meet with the teachers and ask them who they are and what they stand for? Well, no, who does that? And I said, exactly. None of us do that, myself included. I do now. Mm. But it's like, we haven't done that. We've just said, sure, it's the closest school. It's most convenient. And, and comfort and convenience is a real issue. Every All these things that we've developed, you know, fast food and all of this stuff that's for comfort and convenience. Mm. And it's killing us. Yeah. All these things, microwaves and all these things that were supposed to make our lives easier have done nothing but destroyed our health and, and taken more of our time. Do we have more time now with all these life-saving, time-saving devices? Do we have more time in our lives right now? No, no one has time right now. And that's by design because when you don't have time to do anything but maintain your life, then you are forced to then follow other people for the guidance of your life and the direction of your life. And that is exactly what they want. They want us to not have time to actually file lawsuits, to, to research their information that the media is feeding us, to second guess our doctors and get a second opinion. We just go, look, it's, I've, I've already driven out here. The doctor says, take this pill, I take the pill or whatever. And then you find out later on that, that that pill he gave you that said take as needed has now led you good people into an addiction. Mm-hmm. and, um, and I work, you know, I've i worked for years with, with people with opioid addictions, and, and most of them tell me that same story. They say I hurt my back at work, and the doctor gave me medicine, and it, it said take as needed, and I was in pain all day long. I took it all day long, and now I'm, I'm looking for heroin on the streets because they've cut me off. The medical industry has cut me off. Yeah. And they're, they're good people with no prior history of any kind of drug abuse, and so it's like at what point are we the people going to say enough is enough big pharma you've destroyed our lives our loved ones and you're now at the you know at the cause of one of the most uh, horrific crimes against humanity and we are going to stand up and say uh, we're done we're, we're, we're not going to feed you anymore with our money we're not going to allow you to own our media any longer because um, they own everything uh, big pharma is is twice the size of big oil People need to let that sink in when it comes to lobbying power on Capitol Hill, twice Mm. the size of big oil, the the resource that literally fuels our world. Big Pharma has twice that power and impact. And so that's why every politician and every news and media station will never hold them um, accountable.
0: Right, right. You're talking about the current uh, climate with the COVID pandemic, or is it stemming back further than that to the opioid pandemic, which I believe is... Quite more of a pandemic where you are, um, maybe not much as you know here in Australia. I'm not not too sure about that, but I have interviewed some people about that. How far are we going back to look at the start of this
1: this era? Uh, over a hundred years. Yeah, yeah, over a hundred years that uh, that this all began to 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 start. And um, you know, medicine is a big thing. Uh, people's their health is is you know people say the most important things are health and happiness. And if you don't have health, you don't have, ha- have happiness. Hmm. And, um, and so when it becomes a, our most primal, basic, intrinsic need, uh, there's a lot of money to be made from that because it's not just a want. It's not just the car industry where I want a nice car. It's I need health. We need yeah. that to live our lives in every aspect. We can't be successful business um, owners without good health. We can't do anything. We can have successful relationships because we're just worried about surviving. And so, you know, this its this is one of the n- number one things for us to be aware of on this planet that, that because health is such a critical necessity for humanity, um, it was co-opted and it's the only industry that has zero liability. And the fact that some citizens aren't aware of this and the ones that are aware are okay with this is kind of mind boggling. You know, we would never settle for if, if, if Ford released an automobile that was, you know, self-driving automobile that was that would lose control every now and then and just plow through, you know, crowds of people and, and kill thousands yeah. of people. Mm. Um, we would hold Ford incredibly liable for the production of that car. Yeah. And but um, but big pharma has total immunity from any kind of liability, so they can. It, it, what it cr- creates is this um, a, a clinical trial. With humans is, is costly and dangerous for a pharmaceutical manufacturer because if it doesn't p- pass clinical trial, they can't use a drug and everyone who invested in it loses their money. And so when they don't have liability, it's actually, and I've interviewed whistleblowers that will say this, they say, it's look, it's, it's more convenient and cheaper and safer for us just to test on the American people. Because we don't have to pay for it, we just put it out there. We'll do a clinical trial, and sometimes they do it in you know in third world nations, like Bill Gates has been doing forever in India and and Africa and all over the place. People that don't matter in their eyes, and they'll do a big test and go, "Oops, uh oh, that, that didn't quite work," or maybe it did work. Who knows if that's their agenda? But you know, paralyzed and sterilized, you know, ten thousand young ladies and uh, seven people died. Oops, let's uh let's let's hide that information and. And uh, pivot a little bit, but now we know. Uh, so they, you know, they tested on the people in in a, many ways. Uh, the COVID vaccines are—it's just a giant, giant clinical trial with zero consent. None of us uh, opted in to be part of this. Uh, mm. But it's happening with a, a a technology, a vaccine technology that my friend who invented it, Dr. Robert Malone, says is incredibly dangerous to be used this way. He wow. invented it, won the Nobel Prize for it. Yeah. And he's out in the world and being being you know smeared as some kind of quack. yeah, and he is you know one of the most qualified, intelligent uh, scientists on ah. the planet. Invented the damn technology, and so it's you would think above all he would be the first pe- person that we're all listening to, but now they're saying don't listen to him because yeah. well he's he's um he's going against the narrative.
0: Right. Looking into the COVID um, pandemic and the, the start of COVID, what what's some of I guess I mean it's your field of work, so you've probably you know gone into there yourself. But what has drawn you into that? Is it just because it's now just snowballed what has been the history, and it's just been built up to this, which well, is causing the great awakening?
1: Personally, for myself, um, if and this full story is detailed in the in the intro of my book. I yeah. Mentioned at the head of this, I have a book called "Plandemic: Fear Is the Virus, Truth Is the Cure." That's out there. That's um, doing very well. Yeah. Um, and it's all in the intro of the book. And, but the, the short story is is my brother was killed by a drug called AZT, which was an AIDS medication that was um, pushed hard in the world by Anthony Fauci and ended up killing tens of thousands of people and being incredibly, incredibly harmful, a- AZT. And AZT uh, killed my brother. 34 days later, my mom was killed by bad cancer treatments and so in my early 20s that's a wake up and and so it's something that i never could forget if i wanted to and so when i saw him at the helm of this uh, pandemic pandemic i i was startled uh, that he was still in power because i knew what he did, he had done in the 80s and 90s i knew the, the how bad the aids situation there were so many lies told there were so many um uh, good medicines that were prevented, just like you know, this happened in this situation with things like ivermectin, where they were they were pushed aside and and, and demonized, and for this these patentable medications that killed people and harmed people. And so I was aware of that he did that. Um, I wasn't aware that after that everything else he oversaw, H1N1 and all these other outbreaks, the same exact thing happened every single time. Um, but when I saw him resurface for COVID, I was, I was blown away that he was still in that position and being held, just like in the 80s and 90s. The thing that convinced my brother, because he, as he, as soon as he started taking the medication, he got worse rapidly. Yeah. And so we all said, w- w- this is not good. Obviously, your body is. This is. You look terrible. You're dying. And uh, then he said, Well, he'd turn on the TV and he'd see Anthony Fauci surrounded by Elton John and all these you know, Liza Minnelli and all these, you know, heroes of that age and just touting him as the savior. And so they said, well, you know, my mom and, and my brother said, I, I guess we need this to stay on it because they, they can't be wrong. They're, they know more than we know um, all the way up until he died, you know, and then the truth came out and everyone started to share that, you know, it was the medicine that, that killed them. Uh, tons of people. And that's very well known and documented right now. Uh, yes. And so when I saw that, uh, and what, you know, what was, period
0: of time was that when the the medication came out to the the truth coming out?
1: I I don't know exactly the the time span, but it it wasn't it wasn't long because at the moment people started taking it, they had all kinds of adverse reactions, and hmm. they were they buried it. It was much easier to bury then because we didn't have social media, yes, and we had you know just a handful of of corporate networks. Yeah. Um, we had CBS, NBC, and ABC, and whatever else was um, in existence at that time, but we didn't have uh, citizens that. all over the mm-hmm. world with, mm-hmm. with the ability to do their own research with the internet. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you have to go to a library and look things up, and who knows how accurate that information is and who actually wrote that. Um, so it's a very different world now that we're in. I think that's one of the many ways that they've underestimated uh, What's innovation. What's happening now? Yeah. technology and the people and to understand that you can't just lie the way you've always lied and expect for people to, to not look deeper. Some people are going to look deeper at that and they're going to track the pattern, uh, the, the the patents. They're going to, they're going to track all of that. And that's what we did in, in pandemic indoctrination is we um, with the help of patent expert, Dr. David Martin, who's been tracking this stuff since the late eighties, he has the entire paper trail. So we announced the stuff that's just now coming out. Two years later, we we, we totally had the, the whole, traced it from, you know, the the NIH funding gain of function research, to the Wuhan lab and how they did it through uh, EcoHealth Alliance, through a cover organization. All that was we released two years ago. And that's what we were totally banned from all forms of social media for this incredibly dangerous disinformation, they called it. You know, And now through leaks and through whistleblowers and all that it's information coming is coming out. out. So every day I get messages of people saying, mm. wow, turns out you guys were right. Well, we knew we were right. It wasn't, it wasn't a suspicion. It was, we have the paper trail. They're all, it's all hidden in patents. Patents are one of the places that all this stuff is hidden because no one except for a few people like Dr. David Martin um, cares to read such, um, such difficult to read data and can understand it but that's where everything is hidden with it, within these patents that's where they make their money that's and that's how they they hide what they're really doing and this guy you know david martin has has um he has the details of of how it's all done and everything he said in pandemic two everything 100 of everything and uh, actually both pandemics has been validated
0: yeah So you're saying that information is coming in now i'm um I'm not seeing that information myself, but perhaps I'm not looking hard enough. Really? Um, and I and I guess yeah, p- potentially maybe That's I turn a blind I don't, blind eye to this. That.
1: It's it's huge over here. I mean, it's have you seen the 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 um, Project Veritas leaks that was came from a military official that um, validated uh, the the back and forth. No. Regarding no. gain of function, yeah, it's it's all over here. Talk to us. Talk
0: to us about. I mean, the start of this this pandemic. You're, you're talking about the labs in Wuhan and gain of function uh, technologies, which I believe. Uh, you know, again, I'm ignorant to all this because I don't tune into it. Um, perhaps to the extent you do, um, so maybe I'm isolated. But yeah, talk to us about the starting of that.
1: Of what exactly?
0: The gain of function and, and Wuhan and, and the starting of COVID.
1: Well, you know, gain of function research is is when they. They take an existing virus and they make it um, ultimately, in layman's term, more deadly. Yep. So that it, it will, the, the idea is, and it's not an insane idea, but it's a very dangerous practice. And the, the yep. idea is, well, in the event that this virus learns how to be more lethal, maybe we should go ahead and, and advance that process of it so we can then develop the protection against it so that should yes. should it ever do this in nature we are ready yeah and so you know that's a good idea but a lot of scientists will say no it's actually not a good idea because the viruses a lot of them won't w- wouldn't naturally do this without man manipulating them Gross. and so what what has what is clear and is it, it was clear from the beginning you know that when you talk with a real scientist and i and it, what i mean by that is there you know there's a lot of very qualified educated scientists that are become pundits on on the news media um that are for whatever reason either they're they've been so indoctrinated uh, we have a tendency to just assume that somebody with the label of doctor or scientist uh, is is accurate and because yeah. they have gone to school for a long time but what we don't understand is the majority of the medical schools are completely supported and funded by big pharma yeah so the literature they receive, the speaking engagements they go on, a lot of doctors are just waking up to this, are all um, directly but mostly indirectly funded by big pharma. So they, uh, uh, some of the doctors are the least informed of what's real. This is what people are just wrapping their heads around. There are mothers that are more informed than some of the top scientists because they've actually studied uh, the the truthful aspect of the way these vaccines affect the body. Well, the the scientists have been um, so indoctrinated by by um, big pharma propaganda right. that they they're not bad people, but they're so misinformed yeah. that they stand strongly and they use their credentials to convince people of something that is actually incredibly wrong and incredibly deadly. Yeah, and this is this is what people are waking up to because they're they're seeing so many. You know Sanjay Gupta's of the world. You know these all these people that we thought were really credible doctors. Just they're wrong every single week. They come out and they say something, and and, and the studies are wrong. And who, what they're quoting, they're either incredibly corrupt or they're incompetent. And that's always the question: which which side do they fall on? And it's and the majority of the time, it's it's that they're incompetent. That they have just been so led astray that they. Um, and a lot of them are waking up to that now. I'm following a lot of doctors that are coming out to say, listen, a year ago, I shamed all of you for th- having this thought, for even questioning Anthony Fauci, for even questioning Bill Gates, for even questioning, and now the, the CDC or the WHO. And now we're seeing all through our industry here, we're all talking about it. We can't believe the mandates that are coming through the CDC. We can't believe it, how they continue to move, move the field the Phil Post, we can't imagine their their logic for trying to vaccinate an entire population of children five years and older that are at almost zero risk and almost zero risk. There, you know, kids are at a, a high risk of having a, a reaction to eating peanuts. So there's there's a risk in everything that we do. Crossing the street, everything that we eat. So when you when you say almost a zero risk, well they have. A, just as much of a risk to, to get more of a risk to, to be struck by lightning than they do to um, be harmed by COVID.
0: Mm. But see, this, um, is, like this is the um, interesting stuff that, you know, still, I don't feel people are waking up to because it seems to be as clear as day to me and to a lot of people that I talk to. But then, you know, I look out there, and this is getting pushed upon us now. They've just made it so that 14 year olds now can go out there without parental consent and get a vaccination.
1: Yeah. Well that, you know, it's it's um
0: I mean mainstream media is is obviously, you know, owned by a big farmer and yeah. It's all a pushed agenda, but it doesn't seem to be that. Coming in, well, we also back.
1: have the, the UK just announced, I believe it was yesterday, and Israel, I think the day before, that they're dropping all COVID mandates and they actually came out in Israel and I forget who it was that actually made the, it was their chief, you know, COVID <laughs> correspondent who came out to say we made massive mistakes with these lockdowns and the protocols, and they they admitted that it's, that it's done more harm. And they have dropped, they're dropping protocols it's happening all over the world. It just started this week. Yeah, and so I'm hoping I heard that about the UK. Australia wakes up to that.
0: No, oh, I do too, and I'm sure many other people do as well.
1: Yeah,
0: um, I mean, where, where do we? Because you, you see a lot of people that um, you know are saying, "Yep, I support the vaccinations," and and I believe it should be rolled out to everyone because they follow the news and the scientists on the news and the reports from CDC. How do you uncover that for them? You know, because that's where they trust the science. And and as soon as you start talking to those people. They would say oh you're just on social media you're listening to fake you know experts and things like that
1: well one of the most uh, alarming things that i've heard this year is that uh, almost half of the democrats here in the us are in favor of um imprisoning people who are unvaccinated finding them and and, and actually locking them up yeah and that that is a very disturbing trend that is it happening is, What's that? It's not well. It's it's happening in other places. Happening in Australia. It's happening in Canada and in a couple of other territories. Um, locking people it's up happening that are, here under guise. What's that?
0: Locking people up that are unvaccinated. You're saying it's happening?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, either that's in quarantine or um, or you know being detained, being removed from airplanes, being. Um, thrown to the ground by police for having a, a, a mask down over the nose, you know, under the nose, um, and uh, the the most horrific stuff is coming from your country. And I've seen the footage. I'm working with a lot of Australians right now, and uh, I I must have two or three meetings a week with people in different places of Melbourne and and and, and different ter- ter- territories in, in Australia, wow. hmm. and they all have. They send me videos um, of you know people working out in a park and. They have an hour to work out, and, and if they don't, once they stop and take a, a, a arrest from their jumping jacks or whatever it might be, the police roll up and cite them for standing in a park. Uh, and this, I've seen all the video. I've seen women thrown to the ground for saying, I have a medical exemption. I can't wear a mask. It's dangerous for me. And and you know, I have video of a woman being thrown to the ground um, and arrested for mm. that. And mm. so... And you know what they're doing to your um, Aboriginal, your Indigenous people. You know mm. they're force vaccinating them. They're locking them up. You have camps in Australia where quarantine camps, and uh, and so you guys have been really a demonstration to the rest of the world of of what they're eventually going to try and else in other places. But as as it's like it's said that, it. that that, that it, it isn't working. It isn't yeah. working. And I I would imagine that it's only a matter of time. Thank God for the brave souls in Australia who have taken to the streets to raise their voices because it is making a difference and it will continue to make a difference. And I just hope they stay peaceful and wise and don't fall into any kind of traps that can be used against them. But it's, this is the time that we rise up and use our voices and let them know that it's whether you're pro-vaccine or not. It's, it's for me, it's, it's you know, the, when we allow the government to take control of our bodies, we're in deep trouble. Yeah, Because these things don't go away. They're used as leverage. And mm-hmm. so here in America, when the World Trade Center was taken down, there was one dummy that went through a metal detector at an airport with some kind of explosive device in a shoe. And 20 years later, we all have to take off our shoes every time we go on a flight. So that one person created a policy. And that that's conditioning. So all of that has been conditioning towards allowing authoritarians to tell us where to stand when to take off our clothes what to do to to be allowed to just move about freely in our own in our own on our own world our own Mm. planet Mm. and so these things are used to reduce our civil liberties because the more you can get people into this compliant state of, well, it's just for our safety. Yeah, I'll do this because it's just for our safety. Sure, I'll I'll wear a mask or two, and I'll stay six feet apart from the people that I love, and I won't invite them over for holidays or anything. When you can get people to allow you to infringe upon their personal lives and enjoyments, their holidays with friends and family, when you can pit them against each other, which is happening all over the place, yeah. which is one of the most troubling things to see mm. how many families I have I'm working with a a man right now who's uh, went through a divorce over all of this, and the wife took his nine year old and eleven year old child and got them both vaccinated, and now the eleven year old has myocarditis, was a track star and can't run anymore. Um, so this is this is it's creating enemies amongst people that once loved each other. Yeah, and this is this is the goal, and people need to wake up to that because
0: I was about to ask you what stand. the goal is of of you know yes we've got this vaccination, yes we've got this this virus that's now rampant in Australia too. Um, but these mandates they keep pushing and these control measures they keep changing. And um, that's where I agree is that, you know, once they have these controls in place, you can't get it back. Those freedoms that you thought you had, and they keep dangling that carrot that, you know, we will give you your freedoms back. Um, that's no, just never a, come back. That's just a sign of, you know, what, what is the big plan here? Is it, is it to have more control so we can become even deeper consumers
1: and, and, and cheap? Um, it, it is, um, It is all about control because the ultimate goal is for America to look a lot like communist China. And that's not hyperbole at all. That is, it's already happening. How do you get 1.7 billion people, which is China's population, how do you get them to comply when they have so much more power than the the 20,000 elite or so that run that nation? You're talking 1.7 billion Mm. people. Um, yet they are, you know, they have social credit scores, which is part of the COVID passports and all that. They can't travel without permission. They're always watched, facial recognition, and they lose credit for not following the orders of the government. So the credit score, just like we have financial credit yeah. scores. So you want to buy a house, they go and they say, well, you have a, what's your rating? and And that makes sense, right? Because it's if I'm going to lend you $700,000 to buy a house, I want to look at your past record. If you're you know, um, delinquent on all of your payments and, and default and all of that, I'm not going to lend you $700,000 because you're going to do that to me. Yeah. So it makes sense to go, okay, you have a good credit score. You're a stand-up citizen with integrity, and, and I, I trust that I can I get my, this money back from you. Hmm. Um, so that makes sense. But social credit score means you talking to me right now, your score would go down. Yeah. Because you're talking to a guy who has done something that is not favorable to my local um, government. Yeah. And so you stand too close to somebody. You say something on social media they don't like. Then they lower your credit score. And literally, this happens in China. You can go home and see an eviction notice on your apartment because you no longer qualify for it. Mm. So it keeps everyone in line. It's a co- complete control factor. Like if I want to maintain my life, then I have to be a good citizen. I have to be obedient. Yeah. And it's reward and punishment. Um, Process, and so that's what they're trying to do here by by creating this division of classes. We have the unvaxxed and vaxxed, and they've pitted the vaccinated against us. Even though the vaccinated are spreading the virus just as much, if not more, than the unvaxxed, they're still getting terribly sick. Right before this call, I just watched a video from some CNN anchor person who has been you know double vaxxed and got COVID again and was sharing his story of how horrible it was, how sick he was. He finally had to go to the hospital. And of course, what did they tell him? You would have died if you wouldn't have been vaccinated. Yeah. But keep keep they say, how, do you know how do you know that? How do you know that? How do you know? Because a lot of people that get COVID once without being vaccinated, they don't get it again. They build up the antibodies and they actually don't get it twice. Hmm. So the very fact that he got it so bad after being second uh, vaccinated twice should be enough for him to go wait wait w- this w- why why did that happen and now you're telling me there's no way you could predict what kind of shape i'd be in. maybe i wouldn't even be in the hospital if i if i hadn't been vaccinated yeah um but that's how they lied to everybody to say oh no you would have died you need to be thankful for that vaccine so they twist this guy's way of thinking such that instead of him coming out to say I just want to share the truth here. I've been double vaccinated and I just got COVID and almost died. So that, that brings concern to me that mm-hmm. this vaccine isn't working. Yeah. They don't want him saying that. No. So they twist the logic. They convince the doctors that this man would have died had he not been vaccinated. He has no way of knowing that. Yet he's out there now saying, go get vaccinated because you know, I would have died without that vaccination. No, no maybe you wouldn't have been sick again at all had you not been vaccinated. And that's the truth that's actually leaking out there a lot. of. So there's a lot of people comparing within their own family saying half of my family's vaccinated, half is not. The half that isn't seems to be healthier. They didn't mm-hmm. get it again. Yeah. The half that is has had COVID two, three times. And yeah, it's wow. been pretty, they, they say it's supposed to be less severe the second, third time. Some of them are saying it was, it was many times worse. Yeah, And they're comparing this within their own bloodline saying they're doing their own studies. And I'm speaking to these people and they're going, "Eh, okay, I'm way pro vaccine, but the fact that this is what's occurred in our family and then they'll talk about other related family members. They're like, if they're having the same experience, who's looking into this? But see, this is a problem. We've we've
0: no longer um, use our logical processing and, and give ourselves that time to think and actually critically think about what's going on. I mean, I can see it now. I've I've actually known people now, which I hadn't known for two years. I know people now that have COVID. Um, And I know a lot of people who have been double-vaxxed that have COVID. And it seems like those people seem to be getting COVID, whereas a lot of the unvaxxed people I know aren't getting it. Now that could just be in my circle and fair enough, it it may not be an accurate indication of what's happening out there. But Then if you look at the figures from the public saying 85, 90% of the population have had their double vaccination, Yet here we are with 100,000 COVID cases. Well, something's not right there. You know, something's not adding up in my brain. And um, yet people are still stuck on the media and listening to what the media is saying. And hey, now we need a third dose. And then the narrative keeps changing. And, and so does their narrative. Oh, well, it's just that we need our, our booster now. You know, it's delayed. And the same. Well, last
1: Saturday, I met with a group of whistleblowers and yeah. in, in Phoenix, Arizona. And Uh, They all had a very similar story to share with me, and that is they left their hospitals because they were, uh, they bear witness to very serious crimes against humanity. And and one of that is they said, it is absolutely evident that the hospitals are trying harder to save those who are vaccinated and to actually allow the unvaccinated to die, to support their theories, to -hmm. support their belief system. And they told me direct stories of where there would be two patients exactly in the same state of health condition, and they would permit the one that's vaccinated, they'd give them much more attention. They were much more attentive. They would feed them, give them the right nutrients, the right food, the the right medication to save them, keep them off the ventilator. They wouldn't offer remdesivir. And then another lady who was in the same health condition, and they just completely neglected her, didn't feed her, didn't give her any of the proper medication um, and put put them on a ventilator. And they said, you know, and then they, the thing that was most disturbing to me is this one nurse told me that she then overheard them laughing in the back room about what they were doing, a doctor and a couple of nurses. And they were literally, she said, they were, they were laughing. They thought it was hilarious that they were starving this woman to death and waiting for her to die. And they couldn't believe how long it was taking. And when you, when you, when you hear enough of those stories, and when they are told in such a way that's so credible and you hear them enough, you say, what happened? What has happened to people? People who took an oath to do no harm.
0: What is, how do you, how, how do you what keep are they mentally resilient? resilient? I mean, that's your work you're doing. And I applaud you for the work you're doing. Cause I think it's important that someone has the courage like you to stand out there and interview all these people and all the people you speak to, too. you know, courage for them and applaud them for for speaking to you. Really? I think that's, a very difficult thing, like for for me and, and my family and people that I know, to come out and be okay with sharing how you feel about the current situation is very hard for a lot of people. And rather than doing that, a lot of people just tag the line and say, oh, you know, I'm just going to get vaccinated and just slot in, you know, to keep my job to, to go on a holiday or whatever, I'm just going to slot in and just pretend I don't know. You know, and that's really hard for a lot of people to do, so I applaud you for doing that. Thank but you. But how do you... How do you maintain that mental resilience and, and this, this, this hope for humanity that will come to the truth?
1: Well, the, the real answer to that is is because I have a unique perspective to take in this situation from, and that is as a storyteller, I've studied uh, human mythologies for many, many years, and the, the, the work of Joseph Campbell, The Hero's Journey, yeah. and in short... It has led me to understand that there's an unfoldment of the human narrative that it, we've been telling each other since the beginning of time. And so what I've recognized is, is there's a commonality in each of these narratives. And it, this, the work of mythology, of, of the mythos that have been scribed on our cave walls and told around to campfires long before we had any technologies, they all have a very similar uh, thread to them. And and it's a a formula that hollywood borrowed decades ago and every iconic movie any movie worth remembering follows this formula and it's it was it was it kind of devolved into a three act three act play they call it so most movies have three acts and there's a structure and the the movie typically features what i would call a reluctant hero someone that is trying to save themselves or the world and it could be a a very very small thing but it's big to the hero or it could be a giant catastrophe that's literally saving planet earth and they're 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 suddenly confronted with this as an everyday average citizen and they go off on a journey trying to find help trying to find the savior and they learn their lessons along the way um, that encourage them to finally see themselves as the one they're told that the force is within and they are faced with what Joseph Campbell would call the dragon, the, the, which is a metaphor for that thing that is threatening your existence. And they are, they finally have to face the dragon and they don't think they have the ability to, they, they don't think they're, they're the one until they finally are faced with life and death where they are almost killed by the dragon. And then something rises in that reluctant hero that has them remember who and what they are and what, and that they actually came just for this reason. And so what, in answer to your question, I know that I came here just for this reason. Mm. And I, my job is to help others to wake up to remember that they too came here just for this reason. This is not something that's happening to us. It's happening for us, as horrific as it is. I know there's a lot of people that are suffering. I, I don't mean to be insensitive to that, but there's divinity in everything, in every tragedy. There's, there's, there's something divine. I, I mean, we're all old enough to look back at our lives and remember <laughs> that some of, this, some of the events in our life that appear to be most tragic, our first heartbreak, the death of our first beloved pet or our rela- relationship. We look back now, it almost seemed unsurvivable at the time, but now most of us can look back in retrospect and say, what a blessing. Yeah, 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 absolutely. What a blessing. Look what it taught us. Look what it did. Hmm. And so it's our job to understand, to stop resisting what's happening right now, to accept it, to know that we're going to look back collectively on this moment and say, what a blessing. Yeah. To be here. What a privilege. What an honor it was that I chose this point in time and space Hmm. to come to participate in this great awakening. So what part are you playing is the question.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it, man. Awesome. I appreciate you sharing, and I know I've taken up more of the time that I, I promised. But thanks for coming on. And um, I appreciate your time. We'll share this out there with everyone, guys. You can check it out at hiddenwide dot com. Um, how can people, Mickey, best find out about your work? Is it pandemicseries dot Is that the best place to go?
1: Pandemicseries dot We share everything through there. Sign up for the newsletter that's on there because that's where we share everything first with um, all of our community. And then we have Telegram channel, which is official pandemic on Telegram. And we also share everything through that resource. Official pandemic? Yeah. Hang in there, Aussies. It's going to get better.
0: Yeah. Good message, mate. Thank you very much for your time. Guys, check it out. Until next time, the Hidden Live podcast. See you soon. Everything with greater purpose, and in doing so, you will discover your hidden why. This is the hidden why. My name is Lee Marnutzi. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon.